0: Welcome to the West podcast, where entrepreneurs share their stories. I'm Bailey Sadowski, the program coordinator for SDCEO West. Today, we have the newly minted 2023 Entrepreneur of the Year. Allison Russell is the creative behind the camera at Twisted Wire Design. She grew up in Sonoma County, California, and now lives in Mitchell, South Dakota. Her boutique studio is in downtown Mitchell and she specializes in family, children, senior and sports photography and has been internationally recognized for her portraits. Allison loves to meet amazing families and create gorgeous fine art portraits of their loved ones for them to hang in their homes. Her passion enables her to support local nonprofits she cares about including Casa, Abbott House, Big Friend Little Friend and teaching workshops at her local high school. Additionally, she shares her expertise with photographers nationwide by teaching at industry conferences and events. She has three kids, joyful chaos, and loves to be outdoors with her family, traveling, and with a good book and a glass of wine. Hello, Allison, and congratulations. Uh, Allison was just um, awarded the 2023 Outstanding Women Entrepreneur Award, so congratulations, Allison. Thank you. It was very exciting. (laughs) Yeah. So your company is called Twisted Wire Design, correct? And you guys are based in Mitchell. Do you want to tell us a little bit about your business for those who are just being introduced to your your wonderful talents and gifts? Thank you. So the business
1: is actually eleven years old. It was very exciting last year to have our ten-year anniversary. It's uh, kind of shocking how how long we've been in business. When you first start out, you just think, "I got to get to the next year." Mm-hmm. So to see that we've we've been around eleven years is is pretty phenomenal. Um, I started out just with this as a hobby and decided that I wanted to try to make a business of it and. So worked really hard to build my client base, uh, which didn't exist at all, and networked and um, built my skills until I had a business that I was able to go full time with. And I create portraits for my
0: clients' homes. That's amazing. Where did the name come from? Let's start there. Like, what was like the first oh. seedling of like the idea of this organization or this company?
1: I always want this to be like a really interesting dynamic story. And it's not, it's so disappointing. It's okay. (laughs) We'll just
0: craft one for you.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That's great. Can we have the listeners write in with some story ideas? I need some short story writers to give me some ideas. Um, No, actually, I I knew that I didn't want it to be my personal name. um, Because I think at some point... Well, I don't know, like, do I want to do this for the next 20 years or do I want to be able to potentially sell the business at some point? Do I know exactly? I didn't know at the time when I started the business, if I would always do portraits Would the product or service evolve. And so I would need it to be more of a generic name. Um, So I just wanted to be able to have versatility and options. So I knew I didn't want it to be my personal name. Um, Beyond that, I actually have a long background in showing horses. And yeah, so I showed horses for 25 years. And um there is a a bit in the horse world. People that are riders would know this. It's called a twisted wire snaffle. That's a type of bit that you use with horses. And I live in a rural area um, where there's a lot of farming, a lot of agriculture. And so it just was a little bit of a nod to my roots. And, and uh, it seemed appropriate for the area that I live in. I'm not in a metropolitan um, location. And so Twisted Wire design is what I came up with and designed to be photography or graphic design. We do a lot of Photoshop work. We do help people with marketing, clients with marketing. Um, and so it, I wanted to be able to offer more than just portraits,
0: if if the situation calls for it. You just hit on so many great nuggets of information in that, Allison. So much forward thought because one of the big things we talk about um, when we're doing our free confidential business advising is when you're starting your company, you're not creating a job for yourself; you're creating a business. So just as you said, if one day you wanted to shift or pivot or add people or sell it, you are set up for success from the get go, and so it's great to hear that you had that mindset when you started this company and then to go back you do have a fun backstory to your name it's it's a nostalgia of your childhood and you know it is still an essence of who you are so you got to give yourself a little bit more credit for that
1: all right okay okay Sounds good
0: (laughs) yes so okay so you touched on so when you first started were you just doing portraits or were you just like anything Coming at me, like, what was your strategy when you started it? Absolutely. So, I'm sure that most business owners, when they first start out, they are just,
1: just want clients and they just want cash flow.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Because that's the bottom line. We don't get to be picky when we're first starting out and building our business. Um, And so, I took a lot of different kinds of jobs, all portrait work, but different kinds of jobs because I just, I just needed clients. So Mm -hmm. I would take children and headshots or event photography or weddings or newborns or kind of a random smattering of of portrait work. Um, And um, it eventually, once you start building that business, then you do get to pick and choose. Um, And so eventually I did migrate away from. weddings actually um, because they are incredibly taxing on your body they're very long days and i wanted something that was sustainable and and so i have moved to doing family and children primarily um, because i feel like i can make the biggest impact on people's legacy on these families future and their the next generation with that kind of work that's what i really believe in and that that is the right avenue for me especially extended family portraits when you get to see all these generations in one portrait it's so unusual to get everybody together I might create the last portrait Mm -hmm. before somebody passes away Um, so I feel like I'm, I'm doing something for their family that will be remembered a very long time
0: that's beautiful. And I think that's just a testament to photography in general. As you've said, it's more than just photos. It's a feeling and capturing those family moments and um having something to memory, memory and to decorate your home. So when you started, I know in your the person who nominated you for the award, they talked a lot about like carving and creating your a niche. Did you have that vision when you started, or is that something you figured out as you went along? I did figure that out as I went along. I I knew I
1: wanted to do portrait work. I love people. So I like, I really enjoy being connected um, and building those relationships with my clients and following them through years as their family changes or grows. Uh, But I didn't realize how focused I would want to be on the art side of it. So that has definitely been an evolution. I didn't realize when I first went into it. Uh, that I want I want to create finished, gorgeous, framed art and and Italian leather albums that will last. If if folks want to have those albums around for 50 years or a hundred years, what can I create that will stand that test of time? And it's definitely not like a magazine mm-hmm. book because you can't turn those pages over the next you know, five decades and expect them to hold up. I want something that your second generation can look at. Uh, and so I really I really started to, to um, do a lot more research on what kinds of products were archival, what would hold up, what would stand, you know, up through kids looking at it and people coming to family gatherings or reunions, like what can you bring out year after year? Um, That will last or that is going to be on the wall and look absolutely gorgeous I want it to feel like people to feel like they have a museum or an art piece. On their wall and not just a snapshot I want it to flow with their home and their decor and really become just like the finishing touch to to their walls.
0: That's great. I love that. And I was going to ask, and like, there's so many different facets, and I think with any industry, but having the right camera to print photos the size that you need to, and then the archival prints, and having to explain to people like the difference in quality and why it's important. Summer is here, and so is our June Women in Networking with Shasta Moreno on June 13th. Grab your ticket before Monday, June 12th, and join us at the Joy Center in Spearfish. Shasta is professional EOS implementer at EOS Worldwide. The entrepreneurial operating system helps you better prepare for obstacles and opportunities, solve issues at the root, and gain more confidence to put your business and career on offense. You can grab your ticket for June 13th at www bhsu.edu/sdceo or at the link in our show notes. When you first started, was it a side hustle? Were you trained in photography? Did you learn as you went along? Like, how did how did this become an idea?
1: You, know, in some ways, I did it all backwards and in other ways i did it exactly like a type a person would do it with a checkbox and a list and an outline and you just start going through the steps so i kind of uh, in, in in the way that i didn't do it according to plan is i bought a building first mm. i mean that's somewhat risky who goes and buys a building and then says <laughs> Oh gee, I hope I can build a business around this. Will I have clients or revenue? But I've taken on debt. Can we do this? I mean, you rise to the occasion. You can. Right. But um, I, I, I started out um, just actually doing things on this very much a side hustle in the summer on location. on um, shoot and burn this like typical if anybody's familiar with the photography industry that like shoot and burn where you take the pictures and just dump them to a client you give them a disk or a usb or a download link um and so that was how i started out and that's all i knew because i didn't have a lot of training i have a business degree uh and so i knew how to run a business i had worked in a tech with a tech company prior to opening my photography studio um, so I knew business, but I didn't know photography. And I also didn't, small business is very different than working for a large company and working with large businesses. And our our clients were business, it was business to business. Um, and that's a very different approach than working with families directly day in, day out. Um, it's a much more personal relationship oriented kind of um, environment. So um, I just was very side part time. Um, I mean, a few thousand dollars a year, or under ten thousand dollars a year when I started out, and just mostly did it for fun and because I loved it. Because I started out in the dark room in high school. That's I a fun actually, place. That is a fun place. Yes. Yeah. So I bought my first after college. I decided I I wanted to do this on the side. Bought a camera, uh, a very low end camera and i uh, just started doing it for friends then um my mom actually lived uh in a spot where i could she had a a room off of her garage and i had like an office basically and did i would call them primitive studio portraits mm-hmm. and i did not know what i was doing i i appreciate the people that came to me then because they were getting you look back on your work and you evolve and you improve and that was that those were not gorgeous portraits but i was still um, creating a legacy for those people and then she moved uh, to arizona and i had a moment where i had to decide what i wanted to do did i want to continue working on this business or did i want to go back to it just being for fun, or maybe for just myself, which is okay. There's nothing wrong with having a hobby that you love that you don't make any money at. And so at that point in South Dakota, we do have frigid winters. If I wanted to have a business that brought in revenue more than just like three or four months of the year, I had to have a studio space. And so the question there at that point is, do you rent something? Or if you love real estate, like I do, Mm -hmm. you buy a building that needs to be gutted on Main Street. And also you're pregnant with yeah. your third child. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I mean, these are the things where I'm like, I'm just to do it exactly how most people probably would expect. Um, so that was that was really uh, a big turning point. Um, and so then from there, I just kept building the business. So did you have- By a fine... exponentially.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. So going in, did you have like a financial plan and ran numbers or were you just going to figure it out as you went along? Like what was your funding and such as you got started in that endeavor? Absolutely. So I knew what my minimum was to just break even, to cover my expenses.
1: Um, Because we did so much of the work on the building ourselves, it was, and I'm pretty ruthless about buying at a good price, um, because I wasn't w- going to be overextended, that obviously is not a good spot to be. So I knew even if the business didn't break even, I could still supplement it. It's real estate. I could always turn around and sell it. So I didn't feel like that risk was a big risk. Uh, and and i and I don't I knew that I had enough revenue at that point that I wasn't even if I didn't increase my revenue, I wasn't going to have to supplement it very much. So so I felt comfortable with that piece. I was working full time also. So I I mean, I had revenue. um, But I didn't I have never had and I didn't have any outside funding at that time besides the loan for the studio. So that might be a little bit different than some businesses, because the startup costs for photography can be if you decide to go a very economical route, you can get into it for a very moderate amount of money, mm-hmm. um, barring the 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 building, barring the real estate. Um, but camera, if you're not getting super high-end camera um, or lighting equipment that's fairly conservative, you can get into the business for a very, a pretty low entry level, entry cost. Um, but I've never had any operating loans um, So it's if the cash is coming in, then that's what I have to work with. And if it's not, then I better have saved during the busy seasons.
0: So when you decided to, because now you have some employees and you've grown since then, was that how did you plan for that financially?
1: So. I knew at some point I couldn't take on more projects unless I had the staff to support it. Um, One of the main areas that we use employees uh, are for our sports. We actually have about uh, 30 to 40% of our revenue a year is in club and team sports. So those are like baseball teams and hockey leagues and um, dance studios. Those we cannot do if I don't have a team, it's Mm -hmm. too much management of if you have a hundred or 200 kids, the scheduling we run kids through, we, we photograph them individually at 60 seconds, a kid, it's like a well-oiled machine. We know exactly how much time we need per team, per child. Um, so it's a very tight, we were in a really tight schedule with that. Um, but I need somebody to do crowd control and you know take questions, organize the the players. I'm behind the camera. We have, sometimes we hire somebody to do the posing. Um, and then we have another staff person that does all the, the printing and digital creation um, for those orders. We do all online ordering. So all of those pieces are quite a bit more admin, which we couldn't take on those teams if I didn't have staff. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing that is really important as we've grown and had more folks just, we have busy seasons now with a lot of sessions. I mean, July to December is, is really busy for the studio. Um, So when we're great, we do custom framing and in-house, we are packaging, we do installs, we do, we hang all of our clients' artwork in their home for them. Um, And so that all requires manpower. Mm -hmm. Um, and so to create, my business has definitely evolved to a fine, art, full service, high touch model. So I want to take care of everything. We do professional hair and makeup before the session. So that's person that we hire. We do the framing. We do the installs. We do the printing, all the retouching. Um, so all of those pieces that um, the more time and energy we put into our clients, the more staff it requires to continue to run the business and still be photographing and designing walls and working with clients on what they're wearing like we are involved with every piece of the process with the clients
0: yeah that's fantastic and i think that also speaks to you're pulling in a community and you're really you know contributing to the economic growth of the area cuz you're hiring people you're contracting with people you're giving back in a way that is you know giving to your community as well and speaking of giving to your community i know you're involved in a lot of different things do you want to talk about the community involvement you've done with your organization i would love to
1: i when i first started out and in the first probably 5 years of my business i would receive a lot of requests for donations i can bet that every business owner that's listening to this has also received a lot of requests whether it's pta to the police department to veterans to seniors i mean we would get requests across the board and i felt i'm very passionate about what i do in my business this legacy family children taking care of our next generation and i have I thought to myself, how can I be passionate about that and have that translate to how I give, whether it's Mm -hmm. financial or time. And so about five years ago, I thought I want to give with intention and not just write a check or give these little things. I want to do things that create a bigger impact that I am giving in a greater way. How can I make that impact in a way that also supports what my mission is in life? So I decided I really wanted to focus on children. And Mm -hmm. so ever since that point, when I, when I narrowed my focus, and I feel like this is true in business too. So when we narrow our focus in business, it actually creates a more sustainable and more passion based approach. So how could I do that in philanthropy also So I decided to go support children. So then I did so then I focused on giving to the Abbott house, which is for troubled teens. I, mm-hmm. I think they also have a location in Rapid City but they have a, a large location here in Mitchell. Um, I started giving to Casa, which is the court appointed special advocates, incredible organization um, that does so much good um, big friend little friend. And so, and then I also um, contribute to John Paul II Catholic schools. And I I grew up going to Catholic school. So that's another one that's just near and dear to my heart. It's part of how I became the person that I am. And so once I did that, I was able to not only feel really good about how I was giving, but I I found that I could rally the community around the cause as well. Because if I can also inspire others to give, then like that trickle effect is incredible. So when I was, when I'm doing something for one organization like Abbott House, we um, had this huge um, Elizabeth Smart, um, uh, she came and spoke and Mm -hmm. it was this 50th anniversary, Uh, I called, my friend, Renee Polrise, who owns NEPSTADS Floral in, in Mitchell, I called her and I said, hey, I'm part of this, this event that we're going to pr- raise all this money for the Abbott House. And we need floral for the VIP lounge so that, you know, people could donate more and they could get into this VIP lounge. And so then I'm bringing in Renee to do floral and give also. So like, then we create this whole network and like net of people that are giving together and it just amps the giving overall. Um, or we would do like Santa portraits and all of the, the session fees would be donated. Or I will do mini sessions, which are just kind of like a fun little mini experience at the studio. and people their session fee is 100% donated to these organizations and we will just highlight an organization for that event so that people will know oh when I when I sign up for this actually I'm also doing good by by donating to these my money is actually going straight to these organizations so then I also decided I started working with the, the local high school and I started um, doing workshops with their photography class. Mm -hmm. And through that, then I also was asked to be on the curriculum board for the Mitchell School District for their CTE programs. And then with that, uh, because of the work I was doing locally, I was asked by the South Dakota Board of Education to do a studio workshop and tour for one of their summer CTE teacher trainings that they have annually. Um, So that has just expanded and grown and morphed because the more you are out there and giving and people know that you care then the more opportunities that that come up it's it's just it feeds on itself
0: Mm -hmm. it's a symbiotic relationship Mm -hmm. and along with that um I love the photography uh that you talked about and teaching the classes What do you think is important as you as a mentor to future photographers? And what do you want to teach people that might have an interest in the photography world or even starting their own business? Absolutely.
1: So the thing that I get on my soapbox about with starting a photography business, and I think actually it applies to any industry uh, that people want to start a business in, you have to know how to run a business. Mm -hmm. you can always learn your craft we never stop learning our craft but if you can't pay your bills it's a hobby so i have a business degree and marketing minor so i am very i'm very passionate about the business just to start in my own life um but i know plenty of talented uber talented photographers that they're not great at running the business and then you can't really make ends meet, and then it's stressful. And I, it doesn't matter how much joy the craft brings you, if you feel like you can't pay your bills, it's not sustainable. And so that's the first thing that I would always tell folks: like, figure out the business side of it first. And that the SD CEO organization is exactly what that kind of res- those resources are there for people to get started right. And it's so hard to you've started out the business in a way that's not sustainable it takes a lot more energy to redirect than it does to start out with a good plan in the beginning.
0: Absolutely. Are you ready, South Dakota? East and West meet on July 18th in Chamberlain, South Dakota for the inaugural Building Momentum Women in Business Luncheon at the Arrowwood Resort at Cedar Shores. Join us for an extended lunch hour to hear from powerful local businesswomen, visit exhibitor booths, and connect. Grab your ticket for just $39 at STCO West or East's websites. Find the link in our show notes. Make this summer, make it yours. It's time to take your aspirations and build your momentum. We'll see you in Chamberlain.
1: The other piece for specifically for the photography industry is find industry organizations that can further your skills so i'm involved with the professional photographers association of america they have incredible training opportunities once i decided that i wanted to do the business and i thought the building member i started out doing back doing it backwards Mm -hmm. but then once i had committed to this being a business then i did, then i created the outline of how i needed to improve my photography skills i knew that i did not have my my photography skills were not where they needed to be to have a really successful business the quality wasn't there so i knew that that was my next weakness that i needed to work on on and so i did the path through the professional photographer association to get myself to be a very skilled knowledgeable photographer with with all the the things that I needed in my toolbox to be able to handle any photography situation so I got my certified professional photographer degree which is like I would call it like a, a, a master's in photography it's technical uh, and a phys- and and um it's the technical written test and then also you have to have your images judged to, to show that you have an understanding of how to use lighting ratios um, and then after that, I worked on through print competition to get my master photographer degree. And then I did uh, teaching in the industry nationwide and received my craftsman photographer degree, which is all about giving back to the industry and teaching other photographers. Um, and so uh, those were kind of the big, the heavy hitters on my degree that I that I wanted to get. Um, and. And then along the way, I've been a silver photographer, a silver medalist in international print competition. I've been selected um, as one of the top senior photographers through a a conference called SYNC. Um, And then as I've achieved those goals, then I have also thought to myself, well, check those boxes. My skills are there, technical is there, I'm giving back to the industry. What am I passionate about in my field that I can, that I can exhibit through what I do personally and not for clients. Um, And so that's when last year I decided to take on um, my diversity project. Yes. Tell us more. I found that when I was at print competition, specifically that, that competition where I received on the third highest scoring image overall, out of like 1200 images, I had the third highest scoring image in the entire uh, print competition. My image was of a a black female, beautiful natural hair, curly hair, um, and gorgeous, very fine art um, look. Her image, my image of her was the only person of color in the top 50 images in the competition. And then when I started scrolling through all of these images, very few of them represented diversity. And I thought, first you think, oh, this is terrible. Why aren't we seeing more diversity in in these, these entries? And then I thought, because of us because of us as we as photographers are not entering diversity we get to choose what we photograph for print competition it's not like clients I mean we live in an area that's not as diverse South Dakota is not as diverse as a metropolitan area Mm -hmm. but but diversity still exists here it is it is not zero and so why are we not I mean I don't even live in a metropolitan area but I thought Of course, my clients are probably going to follow the percentage of, um, you know, minorities that I have in my area. So I don't have a lot of diversity in my client base, but they exist and I have photographed them. So why are these people, why are they not getting entered in print competition? And so after that uh, epiphany that I had, I decided that going forward, I had that power to show people of color in fine art, in print competition. And so last year when I entered print competition, all of my portrait work were people of color. And so I will continue to have that intention um, because I don't have to just submit client work for print competition. I could submit anything I want. It can be um, just completely a, a new idea that I just execute through, you know, a theme or a look or some kind of creative area that I really want to show. Um, and then the other thing that I've done to encourage others is I've actually started advertising about this or, or talking about it on social. I have a blog post about it. How can I, how can I encourage other photographers to even be aware that that people of color are not being submitted in print competition we can Mm -hmm. represent what's real what our real life situation is and that is all types of people exist and they should be represented in print competition
0: that's great and with that where do you come up with your creative ideas when especially as a business owner, you're stuck in the day-to-day grind of doing photographers. Where do you find the time or how do you carve out the time to do projects for yourself and be creative? What What are tips you could give people in that regard?
1: So with portrait work, I actually, um, social media has been incredible just to see what other people are doing, um, especially folks that are just very creative and they're pushing the limits on all sorts of, um, different techniques, different equipment. Um, and so I will incorporate those in my, actually my client work. I try as much as I can to incorporate new ideas in client work and not just kind of print competition projects. Um, because clients love it too, when they have something that's totally new and different and, uh, something that feels very cutting edge and progressive. So I I do that, especially with seniors. They love something that's different than everybody else um, because they want some of the classic, but also some some things that are a little more fun or edgy. So we definitely try to do that. Um, And I go to trainings every year. I would consider myself a training junkie. I love to learn. Uh, Mostly I love to learn in person. So I'll travel all over the nation for uh, training opportunities. Another way that I really reset myself, uh, prevent burnout, and do things that allow me to really disconnect from what the revenue-based side of my work, which is repeatable, consistent results, is I have started in 2016, I did my first landscape photography trip, uh, and that was to Yosemite National Park with a group of photographers. I love to travel. I love national parks. I love hiking. I love being outdoors and I love amazing, gorgeous mountain landscapes. Mm -hmm. And so I started that in 2016 and that was really a pivotal time for me to reset and sort of center on what was important about life and how I ran my business. And so that really uh was a takeoff point for me to one do travel and landscape photography but to bring that back to my local community and host art shows Mm. we don't have an art gallery in mitchell uh and there are a couple in sioux falls but we're not in an area where art galleries are are readily available and i wanted to share my travels and gorgeous art pieces with the community, my clients, uh, and I started having art shows. Uh, so we have framed, printed, ready to hang big 40, 50 inch, 60 inch pieces of landscape art. Uh, I put them on lighted easels. I I host these events at another business in our community. <clears throat> because remember, it's all about that network and how do we lift mm-hmm. others up as well so we take our our art shows to other locations in the community to get exposure for those businesses and um you know hire local caterers or the florists to have the the um the, the the floral arrangements at the at the event and um we have this a beautiful wine hors d'oeuvres and art opening night and the pieces are for sale and i get to share these amazing locations.
0: That's awesome. I, I am a sucker for landscape photography as well. And I thank you for sharing like those pivots and those moments. And it's great to be able to add more art to a community. Um, one other area I want to touch on while I have you on is what are some of the key relationships you have formed? And do you have any mentors that help you when you have those moments of uncertainty? So I have two really important people that have been uh, triggers
1: for me to jump my business ahead. Uh, in 2012 is when I bought the building and started my business and decided that I was going to really do this. 2013, I received my certified professional photographer degree. I went to a, a conference, did the training, took the test. 2014, I said, okay, I have like the basic tools, very basic. I have like the raw ingredients to have a good, a, a, a sustainable business. But how do I get that to the point where it's something that I'm, I really love, what the business model is? Um, and because that includes your work and what are you creating for your clients? How does the experience work for your clients? There are so many decisions to make when you're first starting out. So I went to a training in Texas called Texas School. If you are a photographer, I highly recommend it. It is so much knowledge for very little money for a whole week of training in small classroom environment. But I went to Texas School and I met my friends Chris and Deanna Duncan. That was in 2014. And their class was absolutely one of the biggest turning points in my career because i got the groundwork i needed to have the business model that i wanted to have so they're incredible they are dear dear friends to me to this day i talk to them regularly Uh, i went to iceland with them for a landscape photography um trip so so they have been incredible that class with them uh definitely catapulted my business forward on the how I had it structured and the revenue, as I all of a sudden started making enough money to consider going full time with the business. Mm-hmm. The other piece that has been really instrumental is about four years ago, that would be 2019, I met my friend Kat McClure. She has a photography business in Iowa and she has a similar business model this fine art, high touch experience kind of business model. And we became fast friends. We have very similar business approaches, similar uh, work ethic. And she, we live about six hours apart and we became long distance friends. And we decided that we wanted accountability because we work, we're sole proprietors Mm -hmm. and we work by ourselves a lot. We don't have a team all the time to have like Powwows in the morning, and how's it going, and check ins, and all of that. And so, the two of us decided we wanted to create a mastermind group. And so, together, we meet once a week. We did the Donald Miller story brand. We honed our business missions, how we wanted our business models to continue to evolve, um, and really fine tuned together what our businesses we're about, uh, and we have separate businesses. We just are are good good friends that have different this, different businesses, but the same approach. Um, and so we have pushed each other. We have held each other accountable. We have identified areas that were really not up to snuff that we need to improve. Um, and then also somebody to celebrate wins with. Uh, and so both of our businesses have just done so well when we have. That support system. So I encourage anybody that doesn't have that find somebody that not not even a mentor, but just a peer that can walk your path with you and give you feedback. Because sometimes we don't do the things that we need to do; those regular day in day out things that we should be doing. Because it's hard, or it's scary, or rejection, or fear of failure. Uh, And so having somebody to sort of boost you up and say, "Hey," You got this, and we're going to fail sometimes, and that's okay.
0: Yeah, and having someone there to also be like, hey, this is awesome. You did a great job when you may be blind to it, right? Because you're so right. bogged down with everything else, and that's, that's great. That's, it warms my heart just hearing this story. So we're coming to the end of our time, Allison, but looking back at when you first started Twisted Wire Design, did you imagine you would be where you are now? Oh,
1: in my wildest dreams, I couldn't have imagined how far it would come. I mean, I was just hoping that I would be able to work full time for the Mm -hmm. studio. Could it support me? And instead, I've had so many amazing experiences and traveled and touched so many people's lives and given back in ways that it is impacting the next generation. Uh, It has become such a three-dimensional business it's not just about making money it's about how can we impact the future the next generation and and what can we do to inspire others to do the same thing so i uh, it feels very intimate and close to my heart that this business has done so many wonderful not just creating beautiful work or beautiful art but but Uh, lifted others up Mm -hmm.
0: that feels good with that being said where can people find you and do you have any fun things coming up that we should keep our eyes peeled for well uh absolutely
1: i'm going to italy in september so we will be having an art show at some point on italy Be a multi coast, so that's exciting. Yes. Uh, We will also, uh, we also just started a new arm to the business called Epic Events, and that is 360 video booth. So that is very (laughs) fun. I'm quite excited about that. We just launched it a month ago, so it is brand new, Um, but that has just been a blast learning all of that uh, and doing something different with the business. Uh, but I am online, TwistedWireDesign.com, or you can find me on Instagram or on Facebook, twisterwiredesign. Uh, give me a follow. Join my
0: email newsletter distribution list. You can hear from us periodically. Thank you, Allison, and congratulations again on your award, the Outstanding Woman Entrepreneur of the Year. Thank you so much, Bailey. SDCO West is a nonprofit women's business center funded in part by a co op agreement with the U.S. Small Business Administration and hosted at Black Hill State University in South Dakota. SDCO West is one of two women's business centers in South Dakota. Find our events and business resources in western and central South Dakota by visiting www.bhsu.edu/sdceo.